0: The first week, we didn't sleep for probably a week. Maybe the second week, we...
1: Yeah, we were averaging like two or three hours a night. The second week, we week.
0: started to get like maybe four-hour stretches. But yeah, the as soon as we brought him home from the hospital, it was like getting adjusted to the real world and not wanting to sleep in his bassinet anytime we'd put him down he would cry he would only fall asleep if we were holding him in hindsight and after all this like freaking out when when that was happening like this is so normal and you think about not only does it happen to so many babies like no baby comes out knowing oh i'm supposed to sleep in a bassinet in this sack thing and you know (laughs) be free and not be all cooped up in the womb
1: Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive and Life podcast, and today I have my wife, Erin Finley, with me, and we're going to get right into it. Our son is three months old now, and we've been reflecting back on all the things we've already done with him and all the places we've taken him to and all the people that have already gotten to interact with him. And we're not surprised by that, but one of the questions or one of the statements that frequently was made to us when we were pregnant, whether it was direct and someone directly said this or kind of off the cuff was you don't understand how much things are going to change when you have a child. So today's episode is gonna be about the things that have changed with having a child, but some of those things that we've planted our flag in the ground of saying, we're not gonna allow a child to change this area of our life. So, love to kick it over to you for the start of this podcast. What are some of the things that we've had to adapt and change to, and then what are some of the things that we knew coming in we weren't going to be those people that yeah, shifted our life just because we had a kid.
0: Yeah, I think both of us knew going in that you know, those statements all come from a place of a lot of personal projection, so the people that tend to say it in a negative connotation are the ones that maybe had to change so much and didn't have the ability or put in the effort to figure out how to mold their life with a new child Um, and I think for us we spent a lot of time while we were pregnant just having the conversation around how things would change what we what would support one another when the time came and and we were going through a lot of change and then even in the moment in real time we're always like I mean it's new every day with him growing so fast and that's changing around us. So we're still having the conversations as he grows of, okay, you know, days look different constantly. So what do we need? What do we, each of us need? Um, I think the obvious question of, or the obvious answer of what have we changed, like sleeping, obviously that that's a, a given and any newborn is going to disrupt your sleep. However, we've, (laughs) <laughs> we've managed to make we haven't just managed a priority. And I think we've both done a phenomenal job of being disciplined and going to sleep at a time that will get us both solid night. Uh, he's also been really, fortunately, very good and sleeping long stretches the first couple weeks were rough and that he was feeding a lot in the middle of the night as any newborn I mean, does let's get some details but you we were that like, like okay let's see it
1: okay like f- blocked out of let's, my mind let, let's give people insight into that first week because yeah, that's the, the only week think, we literally only struggled with the first week
0: yeah the first week we didn't sleep for probably a week Maybe the second week we... Yeah, we
1: were averaging like two or three hours a night. The second week, week we started
0: to get like maybe four-hour stretches. But yeah, the as soon as we brought him home from the hospital, it was like getting adjusted to the real world and not wanting to sleep in his bassinet. Anytime we'd put him down, he would cry. He would only fall asleep if we were holding him in hindsight. And after all this like freaking out when, when that was happening, like this is so normal and you think about not only does it happen to so many babies, like no baby comes out knowing, oh, I'm supposed to sleep in a bassinet in this sack thing and, you know, (laughs) be free and not be all cooped up in the womb. They're also opening their eyes and and like, what's this? And what's lights and all all that. So we can't give them, we've got to give them some credit here for all the adjustment they have to do. But Yeah, the the first couple days, it was just constant awake. We were doing shifts to make sure one of us was able to hold him so that he could sleep, so that he would get some sleep, and then we would take turns, and then that person who was holding him would go to sleep, and we were doing that through the night. It was impressive Um, that I I was always... Looking back, it's (laughs) like,
1: I'll never forget that. Yeah. It was very special.
0: I think that was the most TV I've ever watched in my life. (laughs) Um, Yeah, to
1: keep yourself awake. Yeah.
0: And that's hard because I, I don't like watching TV. So for me to find something that would keep me awake was a challenge, but I did it. Uh, and then he started to give us longer stretches in the night, like three hours, sometimes four. And so that was good. So our sleep was we were starting to get like seven hours, not consecutively. And both of us were getting up in the middle of the night, too. So I would do the feedings. CJ would do the diaper changes and then now that we're at about 12 weeks, he is regularly going down around 9 o'clock. And he almost wakes up like clockwork at 4 a.m. And then he'll eat and then go Sometimes back to sleep Sometimes he'll do again. clockwork
1: one or, or three. So it's so weird. It's like always like right near the hour. Yeah. It's never like this in-between... Yeah, twelve seventeen or four seventeen. It's always like right near the hour. Yeah, and we're so trying an to analyze thing. like
0: why some days. So we're we're experimenting a little bit with a little bit more food before bed, doing the dream feed thing. It, we haven't really gotten it down to a science yet, but um, that has sleep has been something that's been disrupted for us. But then it's a good example of something where we're like we're not going to sacrifice it. Like it's going to look different. We're not going to be able to go to bed when we want and get up when we want it's, but, yeah, but we're gonna be able to get the amount of sleep that we need to function in a way that's optimal for us.
1: The number one thing I get that either gets mentioned to me or asked is about my sleep. And I think anybody that has newborn, infant, people ask that question. And I think people are thrown off where I'm like, I'm fine. Like I'm sleeping the same, almost the same cadence. Now, again, I'm the male, you're feeding him once a night, but I would say even your sleep, like if I looked at our sleep stats, it's relatively the same since prior to having a kid. Our HRV, relatively the same, our recovery, the same. If anything, like I'm sleeping better because I'm a little bit more tired because I'm giving more during the day, so I sleep better. So I want to openly say that because I think a lot of people... One, have a fear that they're like, oh, you're never going to sleep again.
0: I think also the reason why we're so particular about it is because we were really into it prior to even having kids. I think we were paying attention to sleep as a critical factor of our health. And we've just prioritized it for the past couple of years. So
1: Why do you, why do you prioritize your sleep?
0: Because I know that it has a direct impact on how I perform throughout the day and my health.
1: You live a better life if you sleep better. Like my days are better if I sleep better. The focus is on the day. So most people I don't think understand that if you want to get the most out of life, you got to be disciplined in what you're doing in the dark.
0: And it's one of those things where you're not going to just like after you start to track your sleep and let's say you go a week of tracking your sleep and you go seven hours a night you might feel a difference and be like wow I feel really great during the day for that week or it might take some consistency it might take months for you to really reap the benefits of it I think internally physiologically you're for sure reaping the benefits but that mental shift of like oh yeah I've been sleeping more regularly I don't know how long it takes for that to actually take effect and, and have you feel the, the benefits of that. But after years of making it a priority, we've definitely decided that it's something that we are not we're not skimping on with a child. So it'll look yeah, different. I mean, we've invested
1: in technology. We've invested in things in our room that help. I have a chili pad. We have a hatch which is operates both for Aiden, but also for us, um, white noise. We make sure that the temperature, we don't skimp on temperature. So temperature is a huge thing for sleeping. Uh, We get on our parents for this. Um, even if you think that you're, you want it a little bit warmer, you actually, like we are programmed to have a cooler environment. If you can get your heart rate down and get your temperature down, your core temp, you're going to sleep better. And then the next day you're going to feel, so much better. Uh, learning when to eat and when not to eat each individual, it's different. It's different for males and females. Like men, you shouldn't be eating close to bed for some odd reason. Erin can eat right before bed and it doesn't affect her. For me, if I eat anywhere within two hours, three hours, it spikes my heart rate and I don't sleep as well. It's almost like having a glass of wine or two glasses of wine or alcohol. I notice that Alcohol had the same effect on my sleep as eating does close to bedtime. So there's things you're going to learn. We're not going to get into that too much more detail of that because we already knew that stuff coming into having a child. So let's say you're the person that hasn't done that and is looking to have a child soon. It's just like maybe you should get some type of sleep tracking device or start looking into ways to improve your sleep. And I think to my point earlier of like people are afraid that they're never going to sleep, but the reality is like learning how to sleep is going to help you. Um, but then two, also understanding that like anybody can do anything for a week or two weeks or three weeks. I think what ends up happening is people have PTSD from that first week and then they don't have the discipline. Once your baby starts going to bed a little bit earlier than you, you need to go to bed too. And I think a lot of people will be like, Oh, let's watch some Netflix, and then three hours goes by. So if Aaron and I were to like put Aiden down and then two or three hours go by then she's only getting two hours of sleep, three hours of sleep before she has to feed him and then she's really screwing her sleep up and then because she would get up, I would get up and then it would screw us up. So really being disciplined in understanding that like the priority is, number one priority is sleep, that's what's gonna help you and your baby for that first, I mean, we're three months in but I know that it's the first year, two years is really gonna be how do we prioritize this? Now let's flip the coin here. We also haven't, We're talking a lot about sleep, but a lot of people are really strict with their babies and their naps and their sleep and coming home early and leaving things versus we haven't really done that. We've kind of, we've had them out till 11 PM before, and we've been adapting on the fly. So let's jump into where are some things that we haven't been willing to change?
0: Yeah, we, we, I do not feel great if I'm just inside the house all day. Um, Now, granted, it's 104 degrees in Austin like every day. So can't spend too much time outside, unfortunately. But doing something every day has been really helpful mentally for me. So that sometimes comes with the cost of Aiden having a sleep schedule or not having a sleep schedule or napping on the go or, you know, not having a very consistent at this time every day, I'm going to aim to put him in his crib. That hasn't really come to us yet. And I think that uh, even while I'm working and everything and, and he's growing up, I don't know that we'll ever really stick to a very rigid schedule like that just because I think we want him to be adaptable. Like I want to make sure he gets enough sleep and that he sleeps when he's tired. But like right now, he's been sleeping for the past hour and that's been great. But it's not this time every day. So we're trying not to be too rigid about that. And it's helped us be able to kind of live our lives and continue to go about our days without having to like restructure everything around his naps.
1: Yeah, when it comes to thinking about how you want to live your life, I think there's always just going to be a cost. So when you're talking about having a baby or having an infant, you got to benefit. I mean, you got to weigh the benefits of that cost. And I think for us, we have said, Almost like we're willing to bend a little bit in these certain areas, and the cost is going to be X. Because if we don't bend in those areas, the other cost is worse to us. So, for you, for instance, what you're mentioning is the cost of sitting inside all day for your mental, physical, and spiritual health outweighs maybe our baby's sleep schedule isn't optimal based on the blogs out there or the TikToks out there, all these things out there. And this is one of the points I really wanted to bring up in a podcast because there is no right way. Yeah. There's only the way that works well for your family.
0: Now, For me, and I'll give it a direct example, like last weekend we had an event on Sunday morning downtown. I wanted to be able to go. I wanted to be able to bring Aiden. It was early in the morning, so it was cool enough. I wanted to get some time outside. And it was uncomfortable in that I had to bring a pump, bring bottles, make sure I had everything with me. I feel like the bag lady. At one point I had to, while we were downtown, I had to find a place that had a bathroom big enough to bring the stroller in so I could change him, pump, everything. But to me, to be able to spend that time away from the house with you, all three of us together, it was worth that discomfort because I felt like rejuvenated by the time I got home versus if I had just sat inside all day and... Not done much, I think I'd be craving some kind of outlet.
1: Yeah, the work is like I'd say one to ten percent more each time that you have to do something, but the benefit of that work, I feel like it's just like life. It's like it's like your career or fitness the
0: The more you do it, the more comfortable it gets.
1: And the work is enjoyable.
0: Well, it becomes like the it becomes become a enjoyable. fun challenge almost.
1: Like when we flew and that we're like wheeling all the luggage around.
0: Yeah. So I think that was another good example. So we took him home to see family when he was six weeks and we stayed there for a total of three weeks. And I was nervous. I was nervous to bring him that young. I won't lie. Like there's a lot of reasons to be nervous. He's young. He's his immune system isn't fully developed. Uh, Of course, there's the the stress of getting through the airport with everything that you have to bring. Um, We didn't know what that would be like, but we were willing to try. And it ended up going really smoothly. And I think a lot of that was our... you were nervous.
1: Why did you decide to still go through with it?
0: I decided to still go through with it because, one, I, I was on maternity leave and I thought when's the next time I'm ever going to get this stretch of time to spend with my family? And two, will I look back and wish that and ever regret these memories that we're making with him? Like, yeah, he's not going to remember, but my mom's going to remember that she got to spend time with him when he was so little. And I'm going to remember that we got to walk him on the streets and and had some cooler weather with him. And
1: Well, it comes back to what my nervousness is. So it's funny how we operate differently. I was nervous about if we didn't do it and you had to spend weeks six through nine here with him in the hot 100 degree weather, openly knowing that we literally could be on the beach or walking him and you could be getting back into your fitness routine in much cooler weather and your family could see him and our friends could see him. and. I think another having those memories I outweighed uh, what's what's the risk here versus what's the reward here in my mind the risk was worth the reward
0: I also didn't want to get in the habit of being too risk averse like if I would have said you know what, I'm like really having some anxiety about this and I don't, because I was. I was like, sometimes before bed, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know about this, like the amount of stuff. What if I forget something? What if he's not doesn't sleep when we get there because he's doesn't have his right bassinet or whatever? Um, if I say no and I, and I pull back on this, what am I going to continue? It, that's just going to be like a free pass to keep doing that. And I want to put my foot down and say, this is going to be a little uncomfortable and there's some risk here, but I think it's going to go smooth and it's all about mindset. And there were moments when we were in the airport trying to lug all the suitcases and all the stuff that we had to bring. And I was like, wow, this is a lot, but it's so temporary. You find the elevator, you get in the car, you get to your destination and yeah, you're carting a lot of stuff, but
1: yeah, there, you wasn't the, there wasn't a
0: breathing and it, there wasn't and a
1: moment in my mind that I was like, this isn't worth it. Yeah, but let tell tell the audience what at the by the end of the trip. I hope you're, you understand what I'm asking here because it was it was awesome to hear like, what was your conclusion when we were ending that trip? Based on where we were you sleeping and like, kind of how
0: yeah, I flexible think, we I had think-
1: to be? What was your conclusion?
0: I think our conclusion is that he's a pretty adaptable baby. Is that what you're thinking?
1: Yeah, kind of. But like, that's one of the lessons we want to teach him. But like.
0: That we would want to do something like that again.
1: That we don't need much.
0: Oh yeah, that we really don't need much. Like we, I think that's another thing with pregnancy and having a baby. Like you'll feel like you need all the things and all the right things. There's no right things you really don't need much like a baby is if you think about from a human standpoint they need to be able to sleep in a safe space they need to be have warmth and love and food and really that is it you don't need the special blankets the special sleep sacks the special cheats the special sound machines the special lighting Really, you don't. Because we didn't I mean, have what we have. Op- we didn't have... It's good for optimal, optimizing. It's good for optimizing. But all of that is a nice to have. Yeah, so
1: on on Instagram and TikTok, <laughs> when you're getting marketed, all these things, the reality is you can get by on a vacation. Now there are things... None of it.
0: Now there are things that were really hats helpful, Because our wasn't even working. Though, there are things that were helpful, but... Um, yeah,
1: but nothing was as helpful as... This is what I'll tell you. Nothing was as helpful as having some extra hands.
0: Right. Having and, love. And, and, having, and what I mean
1: by extra hands is not even like watch our baby. It was like just love. Like love, support. When uh, like you and I could go on a walk and they could be loving on him. And when I say they, it's grandmom, great-grandmom, grandpop,
0: yeah.
1: aunts, uncles, friends.
0: Yeah.
1: Holding him and, and loving him. That That and also, is I, so rich.
0: And also... I you know, not having family here with us, I think for me personally, it's not all about the baby, but it's us too. Like for us, it was nice to be around family. So yeah, that was another thing that I think was a good, good thing that we did.
1: Awesome. So we only got time for maybe another question or two when it comes to what did we change versus what did we, what are we refusing to change? So
0: can I, can I ask this one? So I know, I'm sure, that a lot of people assumed that you would pull back on your training. Me probably as well. But a lot of people probably assumed that you wouldn't be able to keep up with what you've been doing from a training standpoint once you became a dad. And I know that you're the type of person that doesn't give up or make excuses. So... It's had to look different for you, but talk a little bit about what you've done to stay consistent and how you've had to adapt.
1: Yeah, I'm the type of person that if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do more of it. So yeah. that's, that's what a lot of people. I already, before he was even born, I signed up for a 50K ultramarathon. That's 31 miles. I've never done that. This is going to take probably the most training that I've ever done if I wish to do it, if I wish to excel in a way where it reduces my risk of injury, it's enjoyable, and it's not going to take from me, it's going to give to me. The reason I took that on was for a couple reasons. Um, I know that in my lifetime, I want to run 100 miles. It's something that I wanna check off. I really enjoy the outdoors and I enjoy running through the outdoors more than anything else. I think in my recent years it, hiking and and seeing mountains in Colorado and just feeling alive is what I chase. And that coupled with seeing people do a hundred miles and it almost break them. There's few things that I, when, when it comes to physicality, there's few things that I fear. Because I've worked for a decade to get to a point where it's like I can pretty much sign up for anything on a whim and and complete it. I can't do that with 100 miles. It's one reason I am not even doing 26-mile marathon because today I could literally go out and run 26 miles. But doing a trail run where you have to be more strategic, I have to understand what I need to eat, I have to understand what the weather is going to be like, a little bit different, it challenges my whole being. And the reason I'm even talking about the ultra when you ask me this question is that's going to be the thing that has the most constraints. I'm going to have the most, constri- most structured training when it comes to that because I'm going to have to train a lot. I'm going to have to adapt to our new routine.
0: And what does that look like?
1: And what that looks like is the cost is i don 't get to train when i when c j wants to train i don 't get to i don't get necessarily get to look at my training as enjoyable it's, well, it's sometimes it's going to be a job it's going to be waking up at five a m to do it it's going to be doing it at ten p m it's going to be i don 't know it 's going to be today i 'm not doing it so I have to do double tomorrow
0: i think even and this is something that I've had to do too, is accept that sometimes it's not even like the duration of the training isn't what we would ideally do.
1: So oh, like, increase it's intensity.
0: Like you increase the intensity for short periods. And then maybe later in the day, you can find another window of time to so, do the rest.
1: Yeah. So let me break it down to, I won't sacrifice sleep. That's the number one priority. I won't sacrifice recovery either. We have a sauna and we have ice. So I make sure that those are, if, if anything drops off, it's gonna be my fitness and my training because the recovery and the sleep matter the most. Because I know that I can always ramp up training intensity. I know that I'm gonna be able to have 20 minutes and I can really push the throttle if I want to. But for, for people out there, the reason I'm doing this and I'm saying that I have to shift to it's not, it's gonna be more like a job is that's life. Like, you're not always gonna be able to do this, especially as kids age. Like, we have one child now. The goal is to have another child and add that into the mix and maybe even a third. My life at that point is going to be they're at sports and I'm on the sidelines working out. So I have to adapt to, okay, if my workout needs to get done while they're at practice, what does that look like? I'm training myself to do that before I even get to that point. And I think that's what engineering teaches you. So going to engineering school, the one thing that I love that I learned from there is you don't just build the bridge. You are analyzing every little thing before you even dig the first hole to build that bridge. And I view our life like that where I know what our future is going to look like and fitness is a staple in that. So instead of pulling back on my fitness, I said, how can I ramp up even when a child is put in our life? But do it in a sustainable, intelligent way yeah and so far, I think I've been doing a good job at that yeah I, don't I know, think what, what so would I think reflection be?
0: I think that's true. I think it's like we know fitness is a huge part of who we are and helps us live life to the standards that we want to live and putting goals that are fitness related like races and things like that on the calendar is something that we're not going to stop doing even if it means it's going to be harder to get them done and your point about the time looks different. So you're not choosing when you train, but you're, you're you're still doing it regardless. And I think it's, for me, that's the same thing. It's like the how looks a little different. Like now it's not, I might not get to do as many long, easy runs or whatever, but when I do run, I'm kind of pushing the
1: throttle. And you, I'll end here, like you cut out other things. You reprioritize. Like today is a great example. Saturday morning. How many couples out there have the husband watching the baby in the stroller for 40 minutes so that his wife can go run four miles and then they trade? Not many. That's what we love to do. I'm willing to sacrifice my Saturday mornings for my dream versus we could be doing a million other things. We could be out on a boat, we could be at a at a brunch, a lot of people go to brunch. Like, how many other things could we be doing that a lot of other people do? But in my mind, and in your mind, you want to run a marathon. You want to get back into the shape that you were in prior to pregnancy. So we're going to have to cut in other areas. And we're okay cutting back in those areas. So that's the thing. It's just like, I don't want to come on here and say that you can necessarily do it all at all times. You can't. Like, there's 24 hours in a day. So you have to look at your life and say, well, what takes priority? And in my life, my family is number one. My health is number 1.1. 1. 1, and then my fitness is number two.
0: Same. Business, and, uh, and- career,
1: aspirations, all that stuff comes after that. It's it's family first, and then my health, right in line. And then everything else. And, and my fitness. My fitness, I would say, goes into the health.
0: Yeah, and for me, that looks like, do, do I wish that one day, you know, the laundry would have an automated, you know, I'm constantly doing the laundry and it's constantly folded and put away and everything, and I'm doing the towels often and the kitchen is constantly cleaned and everything. Well, like I do my best and it's not bad, but I'm not prioritizing that over like if I could, if I could go for a 30 minute run while he's napping versus do loads of laundry and scrub the house, like I'm going to wait on the the cleaning part because I can do that in chunks, right? So I've thought about like, what can I not do? Like I can run for 30 minutes, but I I can do the other tasks like broken up in a different way. But that also comes
1: with, we also talk a lot about what's actually going to get us to the level where like maybe we can hire somebody to do that. So I don't think, everyone out there always thinks like that like you and I are just like how do we live life in a way where we could get to a point where these little things aren't a cost to us like it's a cost now like when I say cost I mean like it's a cost to you it's not physical money it's just like if I do my laundry yeah. now versus go for the run that's it's a cost to you because like you're not cost going you don't want for to the run yeah. yeah you don't want to pay that so I would say you've done an amazing job of that uh, like The old you would have struggled, I think, by old you. I mean, a few years ago. I think I've done a lot mentally
0: to prepare myself that, like, I can't do everything and that there's going to be some balls that drop, but I'm picking which ones to prioritize.
1: Cool. Maybe that's our next episode, What Balls Got Dropped.
0: (laughs) No, Drop the Ball. There's a good (laughs) book about that.
1: Oh, yeah? Well, if you listen to this episode and you liked what you heard, please feel free to connect with Aaron and I on Instagram. We'd love to chat with you about some of these topics. If you are a new parent or you're planning to be a parent, we do not know it all. So let's start a conversation and maybe you can learn from us and we can learn from you and we can make this world a better place by coming together and helping our children thrive on life. If you heard this and you think somebody else out there should hear it. Please share it with them. Take that extra action. You already thought about sharing it with somebody. Just take that little action, send them a text, share it with them, and say they would love this episode. Last but not least, please give us that five-star rating and review. It matters more than you know to help us get more people to listen to this show and help them thrive on life. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on, y'all.